Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Ken's 5 San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Hey, full disclosure, this episode is recorded uh, before last night's game versus the Lakers. So keep that in mind as we're going forward. What are we doing today? We are talking about, what are the fans talking about? Yes, it's another fan episode. It's been a while since we had a Spurs fan come on and rep the fan base, and that's what we're doing today. We're going to be taking a look at, or at least peeking into, what Spurs fans are thinking about the play-in tournament. Spurs are on a four-game skid right now ahead of the game versus the Lakers. Is that hurting them? Do Spurs fans even want to see the team play in the play-in tournament? And much, much more to do that. I am joined by first-timer here on Lockdown Spurs. He's going to rep all the fan base here. He is Terrell Huff. Terrell, welcome to Lockdown Spurs. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. Long time, man. Long. This, this has been way overdue. Yeah, I think... Uh... Last time we really talked uh, was uh, when I was on vacation in Hawaii during the Yeah, draft. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we were talking yeah. about Primo, man. So it's been a yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We did one of those uh, those spaces thing. I think that's what it was. And, and was, uh, actually, I think that was the first space I'd ever done. So, like, that was Yeah. Good. Yeah. Speaking speak of which, man, we, we talked about Primo way back when, man. Looks like uh, yeah. Brian Wright may have been onto something. Yeah, I, I would say. Um, Looking at him getting these reps right now, um, yeah. and you know, I, I go back to when um, when Tony Parker was a rookie, you know, nineteen year old mm-hmm. kid, and, and Pop kind of threw him out there. Now we know Pop's philosophy has changed quite a bit over the last twenty five plus years, but um, I remember that. And and so, you know, initially I kind of thought when he was bringing him in and letting him play, you know, get some time in a few games, I thought maybe it would materialize that way. But like I said, I think Pop's changed over the years. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think maybe if we're talking 10, 12, 15 years ago, you might have saw a little bit more out of him. Um, but I also did like seeing him taking that information and taking that coaching on the spot, on the sideline. It was kind of, you know, some people kind of made a lot out of it that really wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can tell the kid takes the coaching extremely well. Um, and it's yeah. really important for him to get out there and, and just basically take the hits uh, on and off the mm-hmm. court. Um, because he is a kid with an, with an extremely high level of talent and um, yeah. and just a, a grasp of the game that we haven't seen out of too many rookies coming through here uh, in the last uh, several years. So it's going to mm-hmm. be really interesting to see how things turn, turn out. But I do think Brian Wright was on to something with this kid. Um, and yep. had that kid played another year uh, at Alabama, it's a pretty good chance we're probably you know talking mm-hmm. about crossing our fingers and hoping we can draft him now. Uh, this coming yeah. season, or this coming off season. So I think we're in a position right now where we've got him, and I think he's going to pan out really, really well. So it's going to be interesting. Make, make sure to follow Terrell on Twitter at Terrell Huff. Do it right now. Um, yeah, you know Primo has been taking the hits. I think in the last game, uh, I believe it was against the Hornets or yeah. the Kings, one of the two teams where uh, he came out and, uh, after the game saying that. Yeah, you know the the offense was coming at me because they knew that I was a rookie. So oh, sure. he 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 rec- right. yeah he recognizes it yeah. But hey, you know we definitely got to talk about Primo on another show. Hopefully you can come on for that one. But yeah. let's dive into what are Spurs fans talking about? And right now the big thing is the play in tournament. Darrell, technically they're in the chase still. You know, you know uh, the Lakers are free falling. The Blazers they're definitely in tank mode. But the Spurs, you know, are not helping themselves, you know, with this uh, losing streak ahead of the game versus the Lakers. That being said, 
with now the playing tournament kind of like iffy now instead of being sure. Do Spurs fans really want to see this team make the tourney or not? I'll put it like this. I think I'll benefit of the doubt because, you know, as Spurs as Spurs fans, you're gonna have your factions, okay? You're mm-hmm. gonna have your factions that ever since Kawhi Leonard and that whole you know, debacle played out yeah. and people saw that the team was gonna kinda be on the on the down slope for a little while. Um idea that there are some factions of Spurs fandom that wanted them to start tanking from day one. Mm-hmm. Just you blew it all up. And then you have other factions that are like, nah, we have pieces. We just need to grab a guy here, grab a guy there. And I'm telling you, we're in a position where we might be able to make something happen. And you kind of saw a little bit of that when uh, you had DeMar and you had, uh, uh, and you had LaMarcus and things kind of looked like, okay, you know, if they could just get in a groove, they can just do this, they can just do that. Maybe they got an opportunity and you saw some playing opportunities and they did some things. But when I look at the factions that I think about with the, with the Spurs fandom right now, they all seem to be on, you know, I would say probably 80% of them seem to be on the tank train. I yeah. see very few people that uh, I've, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's just talking to friends of mine that I know have been Spurs fans mm-hmm. for decades very few of them are like, man, let's get this play-in game and let's let's really just go in mm-hmm. here and just, just rile things up and let's just, you know, let's upset somebody. Let's make it. And and so it's unfortunate. Um, I'm kind of on the train where I'm like, hey, man, if we can get into that play-in game and we can make some moves, especially when you see what this team has been able to do against teams that most people would not argue are more talented, uh, mm-hmm. more established, um, are in a better position because maybe they're in the top four or five seeds in the playoffs. You've seen how they performed, but that reason is why I feel like that big portion of the fan base that just wants them to tank feels that way because mm-hmm. the inconsistency is the problem here. When you yeah. go back and you look at this season, the Spurs have had at least that I can think of, they've had streaks, losing streaks of six, five. I think four, at least three times that they've gone on four games losing, losing streaks, counting the one we're on right now. So when you look at that, but then you realize there's only been a couple of occasions where they've won more than two games in a row. I think maybe three, and there was a couple mm-hmm. of four-game streaks in there. When you consider that, you have to take into consideration from the fan base, and again, you've got this 80-20 kind of a thing where mm-hmm. you've got, hey, let's get this play in. But then you got 80% like, nah, man, we want the highest pick possible so that we can go out in this really deep draft and we can get one of these big-time players that looks like they're going to come out. And right. the issue there is is that you've got 18 games left, 12 of which are against teams that you're looking up at in the standings. Mm-hmm. And you've got another three games that are against supposed non-playoff teams and if you're a fan base, I don't care which faction you're in, whether you're the play-in faction or whether you're the tank faction, you can look at that last 18 games and you can find something to support your point, <laughs> which right. is, yeah, I think they but, should tank. But, I think they should get the yeah, play-in game. You yeah, it, you know? yeah, yeah. You, you get why fans, some fans are like, nah, call it a season, get those ping pong balls up. You know, I get that. I totally understand that. That makes sense to me. But at the same time, I understand the other faction that is like, no, go for it. 
you know, get in the playing tournament. You know, this team as of right now, sure they're on a, a losing skid, but they're playing a little better ish compared to the first half of the season. You know, maybe you can shock the world. You know, maybe you can survive. You know, it was good for right. the kids to learn. You know, because yeah. the last time they were in the tournament, it was all Demar and Rudy Gay really kind of leading the charge. The kids were Which weren't really veteran. doing it. They, they were still defer. Yeah, the veterans. They were still deferring to them. Right. Now let the kids go out there and play in some sort of playoff atmosphere. But I, I get it. For me, Terrell, I'm I'm fifty fifty. I'm like, hey, if they bottom out these last few games, okay, sure, no problem. If they make it, great. You know, because they they, they got a war chest heading into the off season with uh, all those picks and all the money they got and. Yes, Terrell, some of these players, in my opinion, should still be on the table to flip if it means bringing yeah. in somebody established. But what what is what does Terrell Huff have to say? What does Terrell Huff think about the situation the Spurs are in, knowing that the playing tournament is theoretically within grasp? I, I think about it like this. Less than a season has gone from outhouse to penthouse with the mm-hmm. moves that were made prior to the to the trade deadline. Um you can't do it's very difficult to say you can do any better than to end up with three uh, because of the things that it opens up for you as far as trades, as far as moving up, as far as maybe even acquiring another, uh, you know, lottery pick. Uh, When you think about the players that are on this team that you talked about it, you just said it, there are players on this team that can be flipped. Yes. Um, And a lot of people, Say it, but I don't know that there are any players on this team right now that are not players that you can make a phone call for, and Brian Wright shouldn't mm-hmm. pick up the phone and at least listen to what someone has to say. Sure. Um, yeah. Me personally, I think you build around Dejounte uh, and Kelvin because I feel like those are the two guys that I've watched over the last couple of years and have visibly been able to see have developed. Mm-hmm. a game that is conducive to the way the, the game is played right now in the NBA. Football might be over, but basketball is in full steam as both pro and college hoops are underway. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right down to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. About those two guys, I can say that if you, if you came to me, if you're Brian Wright, you said, hey, man, we're going to build around something. And you told me you wanted to build around that. I, I would not look at you sideways. Um, mm-hmm. But when I think about that, I then start thinking about some of the other guys that are out there that you can look at as possible, you know, assets. Um, mm-hmm. Lonnie Walker, uh, last game notwithstanding, he mm-hmm. had a stretch where he seems to have come into his own and understood his role a little bit better. Um, and he's doing what we thought he was going to do when he was drafted. Um, he's kind of, and, and I may get skewered for saying it, but he's kind of playing that Manu role. Let me come yep. off the bench and let me give you. Hey, no, hey, hey, Manu's, Manu's taking him under his wing. Remember the yeah. Manu, yeah. that's, that's there, Manu's project yeah. right there. There is something to be said about that, because if you look at the plays he's making now, obviously there are some things that Manu did that 
nobody will ever duplicate. But when you look at just what he brings coming off the bench, the energy, uh, the way that uh, he's been able to really come out and give the Spurs something when they weren't getting for stretches, when they weren't getting anything from anywhere else, which in my opinion is the most important thing about him. So when you see that and the rest of the last 18 games of this season pans out more so like what we saw that six, seven, eight game stretch from him, then all of a sudden he's not just an asset. He's, he could very easily be a big, huge piece, if not an anchor mm-hmm. piece of a trade package to somebody yeah. when you've got yeah. three first round picks. Um, yeah. And so, let's not forget this too, um, uh, Terrell. You know, and Jakob Pertl confirmed with himself that yes, he yeah. was on the trading block. You know, he spoke yeah. to an Austrian Lots outlet recently. Yep. Yeah, he said that. Yep. Yeah, there were a lot of teams calling. He said, "I'm aware of that." So the Spurs are not shy. At least what we, at least through Pertl, of uh, saying that. Yeah, they'll flip some of these major pieces. Pertl was a big one. I mean, was it who was it? Toronto, Charlotte, I think the Bulls, and a bunch is, of teams were like, yeah. Toronto will always be funny to me just because it's like, <laughs> it was yeah. almost like, hey, we're going to give you this guy with DeMar. You think you can develop him and then maybe a few years later we'll yeah, come yeah. back and get him. So, nah, I think, I think San Antonio I, did them a yeah. favor with uh, give, gifting yeah. them Claw, so they're good. Yeah, man, they, they got that chip out of that. So, I mean, no, yeah. I, you know, it's interesting because I just the pure basketball fan in me has this idea sounds funny, but the, the pure basketball person in me has this idea that Zach Collins is the guy that, at, when you look at the big position, I feel like that's the guy that they want to pan out. I think they're going to draft a guy that in a similar mold to that, but maybe a little bit more skilled, a little bit you know, more athletic. But that being said, I feel like they want him to pan out. Um so that and figure out how to make that work with him and Jakob. Um, I know that sounds weird because we don't see them on the court mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, really, but it almost feels to me like to be a huge piece of the puzzle, even if it's right. just that second uh, group coming off the bench and ball movement and stuff like that. Because I stopped looking. I didn't, I didn't look at his statistics. And speaking of Zach Collins, I didn't look at his statistics after his first game. I watched his first game and I was like, okay, that's great. He's hyped. He's back for the first time. He's, you know, real serious live fire, not just counting Austin. And he's really out here against guys that he's, you know, probably more accustomed to playing against. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's passing. He's, you know, the rebounds are there. The guy's got great vision. He's doing a lot of really amazing things. And I saw that and I was like, okay, the numbers are great. But I was looking at his skill set and I feel like his skill set fit today's game when you look at the at the four and the five position more so than Jakob's does. Mm-hmm. That being said, Jakob from a defensive standpoint just brings too much when you consider the way teams are playing right now. Mm-hmm. You would think this, you know, he, he comes off as this big plotting sort of like, but realistically, he's that guy you need. He's that guy that all these slashes are coming to the basket, and he's got to be the guy that changes shots. And that's what he does. If he doesn't block them, he changes them. And that's going to be a big thing for the Spurs going forward. I think he ends up getting more money from the Spurs, and I think they, you know, they go ahead and, and they reward him and they keep him in the fold. I think they're going to try to figure out what to do with Zach Collins. Um, like I said, I think he has the skill set that they want. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to be one of those situations where if they do decide to keep him in the offseason, barring some major trade where he ends up going out, you know, as an additional piece, if they keep him, he, that means he's going to be a big piece of the action right. uh, going forward, again, because of that skill set he has. Um, but, I mean, how active they're going to be in the offseason, the Spurs, um, it's really difficult to say because mm-hmm. up until recently, we've not seen them do much of anything. And it's always that joke, the meme about we like the, we like the guys we yeah, have, team right? Yeah, we are, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, that's not a thing anymore, at least I don't think so. I think we're at a point now where it's like this is going to be the version of rebuilding that other teams don't right. enjoy, right? Other teams, when they rebuild, it's ugly. Um, with the Spurs, it's ugly to us, but the rest of the league, right. you know, they don't see us. We don't look like the Indiana Pacers to the rest of the league. We don't mm-hmm. look like – um, uh, you know, some of these other teams that are just kind of scraping about Orlando. We don't look like Orlando to the other teams in the league. I guarantee you, because they play these other teams coming to whether they come to, to, to San Antonio or whether San Antonio goes there, they played extremely well against, even in situations where they were thought to be outmatched, they played extremely well against teams. And it's just the inconsistency. Um, they're at a point right now where I think there's a lot of teams heading down a stretch that probably don't want to see the Spurs because they're oh, not sure. a walkover. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah, they'll, give, they'll give you a fight. Those, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely exactly. give you a fight. Yeah. They'll, exactly. they'll, they'll, the Spurs team. Any, yeah. Um, no, I was gonna say, was any, it? Good, any good basketball head knows this team is basically one player away. Uh, in my yeah, they, I, I feel like no, they're, I, they're I'm right an there all-star with you. caliber level player, mm-hmm. and, and it's got to – you know, we talk about Collins, not our Collins, but the other Collins. Yeah, 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 <laughs> John Atlanta. Collins, yeah. John uh, Collins. You know, yeah, you look at guys like that, you look at what's out there in the draft, and a lot of people see that and say, okay, is Pop in his last season? Are we yeah. going to have a coach in there? If so, are we going to have a coach in there that's going to be more willing to play a young guy and not just, you know, oh, well, we need to get you playing time. No, we're not going to be in that situation anymore where it's going to be like I feel like we need to develop a guy in this other place where he can get a lot more playing time I think you're going to see a situation over the next season or so where as pop you know you know and again you know as much as we all love pop I you you get the feeling this is his last season of course he's not going to say anything but you get the feeling this is last season and and if it is I think you see a, a different philosophy when it comes to rookies especially when you have a class as thick and as just full of talent mm-hmm. as this one is. Yeah. You have a lot of long, athletic, uh, you know, a well-rounded players coming out in this draft. You got a lot of six, eight, six, nine guys that are shooting, that can dribble, that can pass, that can do everything. And the Spurs, I would be utterly shocked if the Spurs are not able to get somebody like that because that is what they covet. They always mm-hmm. have. That's why yeah. they took a flyer on Zach Collins because that's what he does. That's so, why they took a fire on on yeah. uh, even a guy like Jock Landale. I mean, where's he been? He's yeah. kind of he's kind of lost exactly. a lot of the shine lately. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, the, the Spurs can definitely uh, shorten their rebuild or at least speed it up uh, because of the war chest they have and some of the young players that they have. And the hey, look, if if they make the play in, you know, that's valuable mm-hmm. experience for them. Even if the even if and even if they survive it, uh, Terrell, and somehow make it out of the, the tournament. If they get curb stomped by the Suns, I'm okay with that. 
I'm okay with that. Yeah, if they get well, stopped by, by by the Grizzlies. Fine, fine. Right. You know, let because them they learn. Need to know how that feels. Yeah. They, they need to. They need to understand. It's one thing to just okay. We made the playoffs as a seven seed. I think that my well, last time that they, you know, pre-pandemic, I think they were like a yeah. seven seed, and they and they bumped up against. I believe it was like Denver or uh, or something yeah. like that or Utah. I, I apologize. I can't remember off the top of my head. But like they gave them. A, it was Denver, and they gave them a hell of a series. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it went to Game Seven. Like it was. Mm-hmm. That was one of the last times they were in the playoffs, and it was amazing because that team wasn't expected to do what they did, and they came this close to moving on. That feeling leaves this team. You know, there may not be very many guys left over, but you've got about four or five guys that were on that team that remember that and mm-hmm. that feeling. And so when you consider that and you consider what going into the play-in, making it into an actual series, mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, and maybe competing extremely mm-hmm. well against a team like uh, uh, Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. They actually have not, you know, they've competed against mm-hmm. them. So yeah. it's not out of the question. Um, not only that, but maybe that just tra- changes the trajectory of what you can do in the draft. Okay, so we're not, maybe we're not in the lottery. Oh, okay. but yeah, but you're, so you're, now, at, you're at 12 or 13, 14. That's still fine. You're still okay because... You know what you I'm can saying? Still, right. You can and still so, move up too if you wanted to. You can move up. You can exactly, package. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you so can definitely that's package. The thing that, that's the thing that I look at with this team and I say there is no there is no like yes or no black or white. This team is one big gray area in the best possible way. Because they can literally go into an off season no matter how this season plays out. And, uh, in the last 18 games and, and going forward, this is the only kind of gray area you will ever want to be in, <laughs> in a yeah. season as a team because it's like play our butts but, off, make a play-in game, and we still got a great set of right. that we can actually get a valuable player with or we can trade and get an all-star caliber mm-hmm. player with. And going into next season, we've got momentum because we've got a bunch of guys that had that experience of playing for their playoff lives and getting and trying to get in and trying to take out the biggest, baddest, you know, guy on the yard, because why not? You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. I think that goes a long way because here's what happened. Two or three years from now, we're going to be talking about this Spurs team as a playoff team. We are, we we are, that's just, this organization is not going to allow, in my opinion, and this, this is the fan in me speaking, which is why I'm here. um, Mm -hmm. I look at, these three picks. I look at the picks over the next couple of years and the ability to package them and the talent that the team has. I look at all that and I say to myself, two years from now, we're not talking about a play-in. We're talking about can the Spurs be a top four seed? Mm-hmm. Can they be the fifth seed? You know, are they going to be at the end of the season, are they going to be skipping in, in back and forth between five and six and four and maybe we can do it? They're, it's not, they're not going to be worried about a play-in. They're going to be worried about getting the best seed possible, the best draw. Uh, hey, can we get home court in the first round? That's what this team is going to be doing because that's what the talent level that they have now and their ability to acquire talent over the next season or so, that's what we're seeing here. We're not seeing a team that looks like they're going to be, you know, a lottery team for the next five years. That's not what I see. I don't see it. So 
you know, this, this gray area that they're in is more about a, a couple of spots up or down that board when it comes to draft time as opposed to just this team in general being a gray area. The talent talk- is there. Yeah. So- no, no, no. I was about to just, uh, just give a quick reminder here, everybody. We're talking with Terrell Huff. He is this week's fan representative right here on the fan episode of Lockdown Spurs. We're talking about the playing tournament, flipping players, and just the rebuild in general. Now, you mentioned something right now about the draft that, that really you know, sparked something right now. Is that, let's just say, Terrell, even if the miracles, the basketball gods smile on the Spurs and they land them in the top five uh, slots, I still say the rebuild is still going to continue because these kids are not four-year guys. They're not your Timmy's. They're not your David. You're not your, you know, your generational, you know, LeBron James's. And I point to like a guy like Cade Cunningham, you know, he's, right. I don't see the, I don't see the Pistons, you know, fortunes turn. They're still bottom barrel. Now is, are, are the Pistons going to get better now that they got a piece to work with? Sure. But that's right. still going to take time. Um, so, Terrell, do you think fans understand that, that even if they were to launch into the top five or get themselves a really good player or move up, that it's still going to take time? Because these are just 19-year-old, 20-year-old kids coming out. You know what? We're back to the 80-20 rule, right? Yeah. Like, that, that, that's where we're back to. Um, and I think it's pretty similar with that question that you asked. Um, do we understand that even with some of the better players like, – Let's take, for instance, um, uh, Steph Curry. I remember when Steph Curry got drafted. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing, uh, heading into the 2014 uh, playoffs, when the Spurs won their last chip, I remember seeing that team in that playoff and saying to myself, they're going to be a problem. I, little did I know they were going to be a problem the very following season <laughs> when they, <laughs> they went over 72 games, but the point, or 73 games, but years prior to that, after they had drafted him, they weren't, they hadn't done anything. I think they, you know, they drafted him, you know, 2009, 2000, somewhere in that time frame, but uh, 2010, something like that, but they drafted him and you thought, okay, he's kind of smallish, you know, he's kind of a tweener, but, yeah, we'll see. He looks like he can shoot. And then you started seeing it and seeing it. That's what Spurs fans, and when I talk about that 75 to 25, 80 to 20 you know, range, you do. You have a vast majority of Spurs fans that are not understanding that it doesn't matter if they draft a guy that turns out in three years to be the best player in this draft and maybe is a superstar. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're still going to say, why are the Spurs not winning 60 games? Yep. Why are the Spurs not the number one seed in the playoff? You got to understand, it's going to take three, four years for that to happen. Uh, guys like John Morant, guys like that, that's generational. But, but so, even then, Terrell, how long did it take for him to come on the scene? It took him about exactly. a, a couple, a couple exactly. years to get going. I mean, it's been yeah. a few years, right. Like This is, I think, his third or fourth year. Yeah. And you saw the talent. But this version that we're seeing is the generational one. They didn't because yeah, generational talent yeah, when go, they drafted him. Gone are those yeah, gone are those days. Remember when Robinson came on to the Spurs? Right. And they went from a twenty one team to a fifty six win team. Or right. Duncan, the same thing, a twenty one team to a fifty something. I mean, yeah. you know, though like I'm talking about those type of instant impact 
change your franchise yeah. around overnight. That ain't gonna happen. I well, I actually thought I thought it was gonna be Zion for a minute there until you know uh, we know uh, we know what's going what's going on with him. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, is you got to remember, Robinson completely changed the game of basketball from from a standpoint of what bigs were. There there was no like oh, Team Olajuwon was when he, you know, until he became it in that 94, 95, I remember being like in tech school in like Maryland and watching that series against the Spurs when he just completely obliterated the Spurs. But we didn't know he was that guy early on, you know, because he was so far ahead of where David was, you know, as far as like, you know, just time in, in the league. But David changed things. So that contributed to why the Spurs had such a massive turnaround. But they also made a lot of other moves back then. Um, you know, when, when you think about Terry Cummings and you think about drafting, mm-hmm. like, if, you know, you think about the guys that they got, you know, and that made, that was a big difference. And now I think David had like a two year time frame after he was drafted where he, you know, had to, you know, fulfill his, his Navy thing and all that. So, I mean, I think about all that. Tim Duncan, again, he was a generational talent, but he also kind of changed things a little bit on his own because there were not a lot of big men that were as well-rounded as him at such an early age. So you see the turnarounds that you get from those two guys, and we know why they're Hall of Famers, and we know why they're, you know, numbers in the Raptors. We know why. When I look at the game now, it's so much harder to give credit to some rookie as turning your team around because the league is so much different now. Like, it's to the point where it's like, John Morant went out for what was it? He missed how many games and they reeled off. Uh, he, yeah, he they like a good he missed like ten. Yeah, he missed like ten and they still right. won. He missed like ten or twelve games and they reeled off like nine or they won like nine out of twelve or ten out of twelve. And people want to discredit his quote generational player status based on that. Not everybody, but people are like, oh yeah, see they they we won without him. Well, here's the thing though, you got to understand. Players like that change everything else you do as a team. And so other guys step up, not because, you know, oh, we don't have a choice, but because they've enjoyed this role while having this guy on the court and they've been able to round their games out because they don't have to develop as quickly as other guys. Like Bain. Like, look at Bain. Look at the difference between Bain last year, his rookie year, and now. Like, I look at guys like that, and that's what Spurs fans need to understand, is that you're not going to grab a guy in the top five, top six, top seven picks, and he's going to come in, and you're going to go from winning what's probably going to be about 31, 32 games this season based on the trajectory they're on. You know, I mean, hey, they could do better. But right now we're looking at, you know, low 30s in wins. You're not going to go from that to a 60-win team. But that is what 80% of Spurs fans think is going to happen. <laughs> That's what they want. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. And if it doesn't yeah. happen, yeah, and if it doesn't happen, it's this is a – Brian Wright needs, needs to go to wherever he came from. And we need to do this. And we need to go do that. And we need to go out and get R.C. Buford and blah, 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 and, and all these things that need to happen. And it's like, no, the, the NBA is not that way anymore. Every team now is just – everybody's running – Everybody, you know, very, very few teams have that big guy that's just out there. You know, like we're still kind of sort of playing a style of basketball that unfortunately is about a half step behind the rest of the league. Competing, yes. But realistically, 
a lot of teams just aren't really investing in a guy like a Jakob Pertl, who, okay, we're going to get you to block shots and play defense. A lot of teams aren't investing in, investing in that type of thing. And I feel like in this draft, this is just another step for the Spurs to go towards getting to be more like the modern NBA. Uh, like I was listening to the last episode when you were talking to Rudy and y'all were talking about how the NBA has gotten kind of soft. I tend to put it more along the lines of they've gotten, they've kind of changed from like a Jeep Wrangler to like a Porsche. That's, mm-hmm. that's what the NBA is doing right now. Mm-hmm. We all know you can drive a Jeep Wrangler. You ain't got to wash it. Four wheeling. You can drive it through the mud. You ain't worried about a rock chip. You ain't worried about none of that, right? That was a Jeep Wrangler. That was what we had through the end of, through like the early 2000s. Now it's a Porsche. So these players are out here, everybody's running, everybody's high octane, every time, everybody's full speed. Oh, I got bumped. Oh, you put your foot out and I, when I was shooting a jumper and oh, yeah, I'm jumping into guys and I'm trying to get foul, you know, get foul shots. Unfortunately, that is where the league is right now. We want points. We want entertainment. We want guys breaking records every other night. And we don't want guys getting fouled up and down the court and the games to be in the eighties every other night. That's, that, that's not what the fans want. And so unfortunately that's where the Spurs have to get. And this off season is going to be probably the biggest off season towards that is what they do with these picks. Are you going to, are you going to say, Hey, we're going to get out here to be able to run and gun with these teams and, and do what everybody else is doing because the Spurs have been scoring points you notice how, how well the Spurs seem to do when they're, when they're kind of playing that style of game and you're putting up 140 points and 135 and 136 points. They look more fluid and they look better when they're running that style of game. But when I see them kind of, oh, yeah, we got to grind it down. We got, they don't seem to do as well in the games that are in the 110, 120 range. I know that sounds like it's a nit, nitpicking, but – there is a difference to the style and the flow of the game. And there is, that's where I see the Spurs where they need to make some changes and they need to, to do some things in a draft that's probably going to be one of the most important drafts for them since they drafted Tim Duncan. Right. Because they've got options more than they've ever had. There's not going to be any stash and there's not going to be any draft and stash. Ain't nobody going overseas and staying over there you're probably not going to see a situation where anybody's going to be up in, in Austin uh, mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. I think yeah. this is going to be a draft and this is me going out on a limb. I think this is going to be a draft where you're going to see, you're going to see two things. You're going to see a, a pick that's going to probably be in the top seven and you're going to see an all-star caliber player. That's going to, that's going to come over here in a package for probably those other two picks or something of that nature. And maybe even a player. Um, that we currently have that we're right. going to ship out. Exactly. Today. I think we're talking with happens. we're talking with Terrell Huff right here on this episode of Locked On Spurs, and it's a fan episode, and he is repping the fan base on a few topics today: the play-in tournament as well as uh, if the Spurs should continue doing some tinkering to the roster. Uh, Terrell, we're running up on it right now. I was going to ask you though, with a few minutes we have left though, and circle back to the play-in. Um, mm-hmm. if, if the Spurs were to make it make the play-in, and they're in. Mm-hmm. And let's just say they survive, okay, and they, they advance to that first round, whether they draw the Warriors or the Suns. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think they get swept or they, or they, they pull out a gentleman's? What do you think? No, um, I think 
I think it'll be the Suns, first of all. Um, I, I think even with uh, Paul out, I don't foresee um, Golden State catching them. Their, their defensive issues without Draymond are kind of giving them a problem right now. I, I don't know that they drop to the three-seed or anything, but I don't think they catch uh, the Suns. That being said, I think it'll be the Suns. And believe it or not, I actually think the Spurs can get at least two games from them. Whoa, two I, games. All right, I all think, right. We're going to put on note here, two games. Spurs, yeah, yeah. I think the Spurs compete really well with the Suns. Um, and I don't know if it's just because of the um, – their makeups are, are kind of similar to me, if that makes any sense. Um, it, it doesn't maybe seem that way to a lot of people, but I look at an Aiton – um, and he's just he's a more skilled version of uh, you know he does a lot of the things that he that Pirtle does he just does them better um, you know and he's a little bit more versatile I look at some of the other guys that they've got you know you, you look at Keldon uh, and then I look at Booker I, I look at like this team and when I see player for player I see the Spurs being able to run with them and I see the Spurs being able to play with them for longer stretches than maybe most teams can. Um, and so it would not surprise me if the Spurs were to get them uh, in, in the actual series after the play-in, if the Spurs were to get them and the Spurs were not able to at least get one game. I could, or excuse me, two games. I could totally see it. I could see him getting one here, and yeah. I could totally see him getting one in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got, I got them with the gentlemen's. I got if for some, if they get it, if they survive. We're, we're all playing fantasy world right yeah. here, but if they survive, <laughs> exactly. survive the tournament and get two games, because I think that's what you got to get if you're a what is it, uh, six or seven, or what is it, seven, eight, eight, and nine? Yeah, the nine and ten, they got to win two, and I think seven, eight, got to win one, something like that. Um, yeah, then then they they advance, but you know they they forgot to clean it up. You know, losing four games straight ahead of the Lakers game does not help their cause. You know, you don't you don't lose to sac you don't lose to Sacramento. You know, you you nope. you close out games you know against the Hornets. But hey, yeah. that's just been the Spurs all season. Basically, what you're seeing in this yeah. four game losing streak is what the Spurs have been up and down. They were coming out of hot out of that trade deadline. Lonnie was playing out of his mind, and he still is. You know, yeah, you mentioned that the the one little aberration right there against the Hornets. Yeah. But you know, they took the Chicago Bulls to the wire till Demar decided to go nuclear on the Spurs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're playing good, but no, you, 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 their schedule's helping them. You know, the, the, it starts a seven-game homestand yesterday night against the Lakers, so that'll help. Minimal road games, that's going to help. Their strength of schedule is one of the easier ones among the league uh, teams re- that have, you know, the games remaining. So I think they will be fine, but again, to me, Terrell, it's just win, win, win. You make the play-in, yeah. great. You don't and you miss it, great. You know, let's get ready for the offseason and let's get those draft picks going and try to package some guys uh, moving on. But, Terrell, I want to thank you. I'm pretty sure you heard the, the warning right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very loud. I See, before we record everybody, I warned Terrell about this. I go, hey, there's going to be a point if we're running out of time, you're going to hear a big, loud warning. That was it right now. <laughs> it throw, You know, it throws it's people off. Very like, cordial. Yeah, it throws people <laughs> off. It really does. <laughs> yeah. It, it throws people off. I had people that are in the middle of a take and I don't warn them about this warning. And then and they, they have to stop talking. and they're like, well, what was that? And I go, I, it was my fault. I should have warned you. But anyway. No, nah, I keep uh, talking. If you didn't notice, I'll just keep talking right through. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're definitely filling in the time right now while I work on other things on the side here. <laughs> but, um, let's going to wrap this up. 
Uh, Terrell, tell everybody they can chat with you on social media and uh, all that good stuff. Terrell Huff uh, at, on Twitter. Same thing for uh, Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, man, just uh, hit me up. If any, any, any questions, uh, you know, or uh, I love a great podcast, as you can see, obviously. So uh, I'm always good for that. Um, and uh, yeah, man, uh, that's, that's what I'm out here doing. Uh, I enjoy it. Love the Spurs. Yeah. And, Did you uh, see Batman yet? Him. Did you see the Batman yet? I have not. I have not. I intend to probably sometime this week just because uh, my son's in spring break. My daughter's spring break is yeah. next week. So uh, my son's actually at Coyote Camp right now um, <laughs> at the George Gervin Center. So, like, my wife is, like, texting me pictures of him, like, and videos of him. But um, there, he's on spring break. So what I'm going to try to do is since he's off school and I'm able to be up a little bit later, I'll probably try to go catch it sometime this week myself. Uh, my wife's not a big fan, but I am. So we'll, we'll yeah. see if I can get out there. Just, but. just get ready. Uh, I, I go to the bathroom before. It's a long. I've heard good long, things. I've heard good yeah. things. Yeah, it's good. I, you know, you know, you know. I'm, I'm very. You know, I have a lot of high standards. I still have the dark night ahead of it. Um, okay. You know, I just, I can't, I can't with Ledger. I can't, I can't shoot that down, man. I mean, Ledger just that's gonna was be, just. Yeah, that's gonna always be my number one. Ledger just. He, you know, yeah. Joker did it for me in that one. So yeah, yeah. I, that's always this... going to be my number one. But we'll see with this one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm trying to hold back on the spoilers, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 had, I had a lot of people come at me thinking like, "Oh, you hated it." I didn't hate it. I just don't want to say anything <laughs> until it's okay yeah, to say something. I can't something. tell you enough. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell you enough. Yeah, I go crazy. You know? But anyway, Terrell, we want to thank you for hopping on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Well, it's, it's fan episode of Lockdown Spurs. Terrell told you how you can uh, chat with him. Here's how you can subscribe to Lockdown Spurs. Pick a platform, Spotify, iTunes, the list goes on and on. And with the Spurs playing the Lakers last night, check out how the game went on the Lakers' end. Check out Lockdown Lakers. And we thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. So for Terrell Huff, I am Jeff Garcia. We're putting a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Mm-hmm.